And welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Jay Binkley, Jed Marshall, producing the operation as he's done all season long. I think we were good luck, Jed. You feed us and we work. Kristen Ocero has you covered from 3 a.m. till uh, Bob and Josh, 5.58 a.m. We'll see what kind of shape Kling's in at 5.58 in the morning, though. Well, Uno's Fesco over here. Oh, for sure. Uno Sarah's also going to be a swell guy and sit in with us from uh, two to three. Yeah, he did it once one other time this year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a good look uh, back and forth talking. You know the Chiefs, how they lost the Colts this year? You know the Eagles didn't beat the Colts till a minute 40 left in that game? Isn't it crazy that they played the two Super Bowl participants so well? That team was an absolute disaster this year. But something we do each and every week Jed, we take a look at the touchdowns to the voice of Mitch Holtis and call it. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Harkin waits for a block, and he gets the 15, 10, explodes, dies. The Jet has landed the plane. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City. That's right, Touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. That's right. So uh, the totally touchdowns of the game. And there was a lot of them today for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll start off here. It wasn't the Chiefs. It was the Eagles with the first touchdown of the game. The Eagles line up right behind Hurts is going to try to plow in on a quarterback sneak. And did they give it to him? There's a penalty flag on the play. It is a one-yard quarterback sneak by Jalen Hurts as he now gets... His 16th rushing touchdown this season, including the playoffs. That's most by a quarterback all time in NFL history. Yeah, Jay Hurts with the one-yard QB sneak. Yeah, he had a great game today. It was 11 plays, 75-yard drive, taking 451 off the clock. That was 10:09 left in the first quarter when Jalen Hurts made it seven to nothing, Philly. But then the Chiefs would get on the board in the first quarter as well. Home spread set two by two with Pacheco on the backfield. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as Mahomes to Kelsey, 18 yards officially, and the 14th time that Patrick Mahomes has found Travis Kelsey for a postseason touchdown second in National Football League history. Second to only Jerry Rice. There's Jerry Rice and Travis Kelsey in the postseason. That's your list. Unbelievable. It was six plays, 75 yards, taking 312 off the clock. Tie game at uh, 7-7 in the first quarter. We moved to the second quarter, and once again, it was Jalen Hurts this time through the year. Chris Jones up front along with Colin Saunders, George Karloftis, and Frank Clark. In the pistol this time, Miles Sanders is lined up right behind Jalen Hurts. He fakes to him, does Hurts. Hurts wants to throw, and he's throwing long for A.J. Brown, trying to locate the ball, and comes back to it and catches it. Touchdown, Philadelphia Eagles. A 45-yard touchdown pass. The Chiefs had it covered initially, and then Trent McDuffie lost track of the football, while A.J. Brown stayed with it, and the Eagles take the lead. A.J. Brown with an incredible reception. That was a 45-yard pass from Jalen Hurts. Five plays, 68 yards, 232 off the clock. Could you imagine if Mahomes had someone like an A.J. Brown? I mean, seriously, could you imagine if he had somebody like that? So they made the score 14-7 to Philadelphia at that point. It brings us to our totally touchdown of the game. 
Tully Touchdown brought to you by the Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. So raise a glass this week's Tully Touchdown. Well, Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, when it's game time, it's Tully time. None other. Let's welcome in Nick Bolton. Spread set. Hurts by himself in the backfield. Threat to run and throw. Crouches down. He wants to run it. Now the ball's out. He kicks the ball. It's picked up by Kansas City. They're going to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. A defensive score by Nick Bolton. Hurts got hit and kicked the ball. Picked up by Bolton. And the Chiefs defense gets an incredible touchdown at 9.39 to go second quarter. Nick Bolton has been the most sure tackler on the Chiefs this year. He is the Chiefs' single-season all-time tackling leader, finished second in the National Football League in tackles. A huge 36-yard fumble scoop and score that he had there. Unbelievable play by Nick Bolton. Almost had one uh, that was called back. Uh, It was real close. Uh, Would have had two touchdowns in this game. So, at this point, the Kansas City Chiefs tie the game up 14-14 after Nick Bolton's uh, scoop and score there. But it would be Philly getting on the board again. First down goal to go, Jalen Hurts at the four-yard line. Sanders to his left, now sprints in motion. Quarterback draw, left Hurts, left side, touchdown. They use the motion to clear out the middle once again, and the Eagles regain a 20-14 lead on a four-yard touchdown for Jalen Hurts, his second TD of the game. 12 plays, 75 yards, 719 off the clock, a four-yard touchdown run by Jalen Hurts. So that put the Philadelphia Eagles up 21 to 14. Here's where the gap comes 10 point lead by Philadelphia. 35 yard field goal attempt for Jake Elliott. 13 to 13 in his career in the playoffs. He's in his sixth year and will try this 35 yard attempt from the far hash. And Elliott's kick is good. And the Eagles get the last points of the half. Eight plays, 40 yards, minute 22. Off the clock there, that 35-yarder making the score 24-14 to 14 at halftime. Remember what you felt like at that point. Mahomes had been hobbling around. Would he be okay in the second half? Chiefs were down 10 points. It looked bleak, didn't it? It looked real bleak, whether you're a Super Bowl party where you're watching it, but you've seen this team before. You know what this team does. What this team does is they don't give up. Patrick Mahomes in his career has only lost two games in the regular season by more than one score. Two! That's it. They've had a lead in the fourth quarter in 90 of his 93 games he's played. He has one postseason loss uh, by more than one score that was against the Buccaneers, so three total in his career. So there's halftime 24 to 14. The Chiefs needed a big drive in the third quarter to start things off because the Chiefs, by the way, they scored every single time they got the ball in the second half, but Isaiah Pacheco got the first points of the second half. Let's play the drive. Second down, goal to go at the one. Pacheco in the backfield along with McKinnon. They hand it off, left guard, it goes, touchdown, Kansas City! Isaiah Pacheco blasting in behind the block of Joe Tooney, the left guard, and the Chiefs get a badly needed touchdown drive on this first drive of the third quarter at 9.30 to go, third quarter. So there you go, third quarter right there, 24 to 21 at this point, 9.30 left in the third quarter. Philadelphia, though, would uh, extend their lead temporarily. This will be placed at the 23, a 33-yard attempt for Jake Elliott. And Elliott's kick, and it flies end over end good, but the Eagles lead by six. So the Eagles led by six at this point, 27-21. And the way the Chiefs came out in the second half, 
Even though it scores 27-21, you're like, okay, if they score another touchdown, if the Chiefs score another touchdown, guess what? They got the lead. And things could be uh, vastly different at that point. Well, that's exactly what happened. Chiefs have not led in this game. They trail 27-21. They're going to throw a quick pass to Tony. He's got it on the edge. He will walk into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Kadarius Tony on a pick route to the near side. Couldn't be more wide open. A five-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes. And now Butker can give the Chiefs the first lead of the game. And Butker did miss the field goal earlier in this game, but that is extra point made to score 28 to 27, Kansas City. But they weren't done. This is in the fourth quarter, 12 4 remaining. So we got Kadarius Tony wide open in the end zone. And then it was uh, Sky Moore's turn for his first NFL touchdown. 9.26 to go in the game. Third down, goal to go at the four yard line of Philadelphia. Ball will be snapped in the center of the field with McKinnon, the running back. A fast left side, wide open, Sky Moore, touchdown! Kansas City on a pivot route, and Kansas City has a chance now to get up by eight points. Wow, Sky Moore gets in the end zone there, a four-yard strike from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, One of his three touchdowns in the game, Harrison Butker did make the extra point, making the score 35-27. Then it was guess who once again for the Eagles. And now they'll sneak it again, try to sneak it in as Hurts. Do they give him the touchdown? They do. And a quarterback sneak is a TD for the Eagles. It'll make it 35-34 at 5.15 to go in the game. And will the Eagles probably go for two to tie it? Both teams have two timeouts remaining plus the two-minute warning. 35-33 with 5.15 left in this game. Makes all the sense in the world to go for the tie here with a two-point conversion. Would not be surprised if you they opt to go back to that quarterback sneak. Well, they put two or three guys behind him. They won't. They'll go conventional. 35-34, Kansas City. Trying to tie it here are the Eagles on this two-point conversion. Brown moves to the right side in motion. Hurts, long count. Sprint out action to the near side. He wants to run the ball. He's going to be hit, and he gets into the end zone to tie it at a two-point conversion, tied at 35 apiece. Okay, things starting to tighten up here. You know what they call that, uh, Jed? You get a touchdown and you get the two-point conversion. You're the same person that does both. I learned about this tonight from you, Jay. Yeah. Why don't you inform our it listeners? It is called an octopus. An octopus. That's when you score a touchdown and get the two-point conversion. So Jalen Hurts there with the octopus tying the game up at 35. But then it would be Harrison Butker, a chance for a 27-yard game winner. Keep this in mind. It's all set up by smart football. Remember Jarek McKinnon sliding, keeping the ball. He could have scored an easy touchdown. Eagles were going to give him a touchdown, not biting on it. He gets down. I mean, just unsung stuff by Jarek McKinnon all year round. But this is what won the game. Winchester, the veteran who's played in more postseason games than any other chief, tied with Travis Kelsey. Townsend will hold it. 11 seconds left in Super Bowl 57, 35, 35 tie. The kick is good. And Kansas City leads 38-35 with eight seconds to go in regulation in Super Bowl 57. It's when it all starts to get real, Jed. Absolutely. And kudos to Harrison Butker. I mean, two of the most important kicks were made by him, obviously. The one to send the Chiefs to the Super Bowl and then to win the Super Bowl. 
But one of the points that I thought you made that was outstanding, Jay, was talking about Jarek McKinnon. And what's one of the biggest narratives been over Andy Reid's time here is that he doesn't know how to manage the clock. Clock management. Tonight, it was shown in spades that he actually does. I think it's a, it's very easy for us as fans when not hearing play calls and you know trying to do all of the logistics of, of coaching a game to sit and throw stones at people. But Andy Reid, I think, showed that he's absolutely great at what he's doing on the field. I wonder, wonder how Philadelphia took that. Because <laughs> they were always talking about clock management with Andy in Philadelphia. Like seeing him win with clock management – uh, but he was, that was the voice of Mitch Holtis. Then this, the final call of Mitch Holtis tonight. Chiefs 38 and the Eagles 35. Six seconds left in Super Bowl 57 regulation. Hertz takes the snap. The Chiefs only rushing two on a delay. Clock is going to be out of time. And the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. Well, they start putting the Chiefs kind of in that rare error. Now with three Super Bowl titles, they get into a a different club now. The Broncos, three and eight tries. Chiefs now three in, in what, uh, five tries for the Kansas City Chiefs. But then the question is, is this a dynasty? Which I think it is. It's the starting of a dynasty. Travis Kelsey was asked this after the game. Just, um, it solidifies your greatness. You didn't get lucky once. It wasn't just, uh, you know, beginner's luck or however you guys want to call it. You know, this is, uh, we won, we took it. Two years in a row, or not two years in a row, but uh, two out of four. There you go. Do you consider this a dynasty? You can call it a dynasty. You can call it whatever you want. All I know is that we're coming back next year for with with our heart and the right mind, mindset on trying to get another one. I can tell you that right now. Can't wait. You like that? You like hearing that stuff? Don't forget it was Kelsey that after that the Super Bowl loss against the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. They asked him, do you consider the season a success or failure? He did not consider it a success because they didn't win the ring. That's the kind of mentality that you need. Chris Jones was asked the same question. Is this a dynasty? Do you think so? Well, then there it goes. I don't have to speak about it. I told y'all this, um, our first Super Bowl. I told y'all this. We're going to go back to back. Everybody laughed. Everybody thought I was just talking out the side of my neck. But, um, you know, we've been very fortunate. Um, the core here, uh, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, um, Bud, Tommy, uh, Frank Clark. Frank Clark came here first year and won a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the core here is special, man. The core here is special. It's a special group of guys that I was fortunate enough to play with this year um, in the D-line room. Um, got my fingers crossed that we can bring everybody back, but I still want them to get paid and be successful on their own. <laughs> you know, and, um, this the this type of thing. This is the bittersweet part about it, man. Because you know, you meet a you you have a special room and um, you guys win it. But you know, you, your room always changing, always evolving. Um, players is always coming in and coming out. I just want to say here on record that I'm super super um, grateful for the, the D line this year. How's well, the second one compared to the special? Um, this is probably the most unselfish group that I've been a part of. Um, you know, starting with Frank Clark, man. Frank Clark, 
number three all time in sacks in the playoffs. His whole goal for me last week was like, we got to get you a sack. And it wasn't the fact that I was caring about a sack, but it was the fact that he wanted me to have a sack so you guys can stop talking about it. And I'm glad Chris Jones brought up Frank Clark. This has been a different Frank Clark this year, you know, I'm taking the time to work with Karloftis up in training camp and, you know, be that veteran presence, you know, help guys along. I think it's kind of what the Chiefs do. They understand guys that they're competition, but they help other guys out. That's what makes the team successful. Now, we hear all these horror stories yet where quarterbacks get drafted somewhere and, you know, the quarterback doesn't have anything to do with them once they're there, you know. Or, but the Chiefs have always done this because I remember when Eric Fisher was drafted, you know, Brandon Albert helped him out. You know, he just – Tom Ball Lee and all the help that he gave D Ford. You know what I'm saying? It's what they do. For sure. And I think that's a, a testament to Andy Reid and just his coaching style. But you also, when the dynasty conversation comes up, one of the first things that I thought about in hearing from Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones, and Chris Jones obviously mentioned Frank Clark, that's one of the things that always sticks out to me. When you think of teams of certain decades or dynasties per se, is that they always have big flamboyant personalities. And between Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. I mean, this team has it in spades. So I think that that's also another element that goes along with the the, the perception of what a dynasty might be. No question about it. It's going to be talked about and debated. By the way, if you want to enjoy the game still, well, you just put it on mute. Uh, it's on NFL Network if you want to see the Super Bowl again with the Chiefs and the Eagles tonight. But uh, it really gets good at the end. <laughs> As you know, I mean, the first half. What was, happened at the end? It, it, the first half was frustrating. It really was. Oh, okay. Uh, but if you want to, you know, continue listening all night, maybe put on mute and just, you know, kind of see them win it. Spoiler alert: they're going to win. Oh, one of the nicest things about tonight, I know that uh, DraftKings and FanDuel are great partners of Six Ten Sports Radio. Uh, I was able to win a nice, cool thirty-six dollars tonight, Jay. You know what, Chris Nocero won because uh, he put. He probably in, won a lot of money. He won a thousand dollars. Wow. He had that boost at the beginning of the year. You know, he picked the Chiefs to win it all along. He got a cool $1,000 tonight with the Chiefs' victory. I was really proud of myself for my $5 parlay that turned into $18. Didn't Chiefaholic, the guy that was in, wow. in prison in Tulsa, he had like a bet on the Chiefs and Mahomes MVP, right? We've been having a good night, and you had to go and run I'm just it. saying. I'm, and he, I'm just saying. Didn't he, wasn't he getting released for like, you know, to go to the Super Bowl vacation, but he is. I don't, he has that big ticket too. I don't think that you can be released from robbing a bank. You might be able to be bailed out of prison. I'm just saying but, he's probably a happy man tonight because of that. Uh, I mean, he's got other things to worry about. But oh my know. goodness! So well, right now we're hitting inside that uh, locker room uh, out in uh, Phoenix. A player locker room sound brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's your two-time NFL MVP, now two-time Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes after the game. It was it was where we started at. Um, we started in Texas in the offseason. Uh, I mean, me meeting basically a brand new group of receivers and and learning, uh, learning what they did well, learning what what we could get better at, um, and and guys leading from there, man. I thought the guys accepted the challenge. Um, it was a crazy, it was a crazy year, but uh, we ended up on top, man. You can't you can't ask for any more from those guys. I mean, it felt great until I, I, I kind of rolled it a little bit. Um, I, I thought I felt really good, and then that happened, and I had a, a lot of soreness going through into halftime, and was able to move it around, kind of get taped up a little bit, and, and go out there in that second half. And 
Um, it didn't feel good, but I was going to leave it all out there, and uh, I, I'm glad it was enough for the win. Patrick, what does this mean to you in terms of Andy's yeah, I mean, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. And I think everybody knew that. Um, but these last two Super Bowls kind of cemented that. Um, and to have someone that um, is, is such a great person who, who gets the best out of uh, the players and uh, to become men and players, um, you wanted to do that. You wanted to win those Super Bowls for them. And it was, uh, it's, it's great that we did that. And uh, like, like he said, man, we're not done. I'm going to have them around here for a little bit longer at least. Uh, you mentioned the extended halftime. You yeah, no, I, I was I was proud because it. I mean, I I talked a little bit, but it was everybody. It wasn't like I was the only person talking in that locker room. And we just challenged each other, man, to leave everything out there. And I, I don't want to say we played tight in the first half, but it, you didn't see that same joy that we played with. And I wanted guys to just know that everything we worked for is for this moment. You have to enjoy this moment. You can't you can't let the moment overtake you. Um, and um, I thought the guys did that in the second half, and they fought to the very end. Um, and that's all you can ask uh, is guys to leave everything they have on the football field. Uh, what do you think about Ten years ago, you tweeted, it's hard, man. It's, it hasn't even sank in, I don't think, even yet. I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate it because of the failures. I mean, the failure of losing the Super Bowl and, and losing the AFC Championship game, it may, gives you a greater appreciation to be standing here as a champion. Um, and uh, luckily, I'm going to Disneyland now, so I have Disney World and Disneyland crossed off, and I'll, I'll make some more parks so I can go around everywhere and do a world tour. Uh, I've talked about you guys being counting out all season. Does that make this win feel more special? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say we were counted out, but I mean, there was a lot more critics than there was uh, in the, the previous years I had been here. And I told him at the beginning of the year, I said, as long as Andy Reid's coaching, uh, we're going to have success as an offense, not trusting the leaders that we have in that defense. And so um, to go from a team that wasn't, I wouldn't even say majority pick to win the AFC West to, to win the Super Bowl, that speaks to the guys that we have in that locker room. Yeah, I felt I felt I felt really good until I I re I re kind of aggravated it a little bit, but uh, it was. I mean, you're in the Super Bowl. You can worry about uh, getting it healthy in the off season. So I, I just kind of just I fought through, and we were able to win the game. Uh, what do you think uh, Jalen Hurts' performance? Yeah, I mean, if there was any doubters left, there there shouldn't be now. I mean, the way he stepped up on this stage um, and ran through the ball, whatever it took for his team to win. I mean, that was a special performance that I, I don't want to get. Lo I don't want it to get lost in the in the the loss that they had. I mean. Even whenever we got all the momentum in that game and, and we went up eight points in the fourth quarter, for him to respond and move his team right down the football field and run it in himself for the two-point conversion, it was a special performance by him, man. And, um, I mean, it, you make sure you appreciate that when you look back on this game. Um, the first Super Bowl, I, I thought was, I mean, obviously I didn't win it the first year that I started, but I thought the first Super Bowl was just kind of like, oh, it's this is amazing. Like, we won the Super Bowl. Like, this is happy. Like, you just like a little kid winning, winning, winning a prize at, at, the, at the fair. I mean, it, whereas this one, you've dealt with failure. You understand how hard it is uh, to get back on this stage and to win this game. I mean, I, I played in a Super Bowl where I got blown out, uh, where it was, I, I got all hyped up, and then we, you go out there and you don't do anything. Um, and then I lose the AFC Championship game in overtime. 
time um, when I thought we had a chance to win the Super Bowl that year and uh, have a full brand new team and have to go through the, the strain of being better and better every single day, it gives you a greater appreciation for winning this game. Uh, Patrick, do you feel like this is a greater achievement for the team than the, uh, the last football game? I mean, it's it's a brand new team. I think mean, I mean every Super Bowl is, is is something that you'll have for the rest of your life. Um, I think there's only like 12 guys that were on that team that won that first Super Bowl. It might be a, a little bit more, but um, so have a brand new team with a lot of rookies playing um, that that stepped up. I mean, we were down 10 points at halftime to probably the best the best team in the NFL all year long, um, and they they're they're known for getting ahead of teams and kind of finishing the game off. And for those guys to step up and make those plays in that second half, man, it was it just speaks to the the hard work they put in every single. Day and luckily a lot of those guys are young, so we'll have a lot of those guys back next year. Yeah, I had to become a better leader, um, and I've always vocally talked, but I had to, I had to I take a next step in my leadership ability of, of how I showed guys how we work and how I couldn't let the little stuff slide because we have such great players around me that have done it for so long, and I had, I had to teach the culture that we have here that I learned from Alex Smith and I learned from Derek Johnson. Um, it, it was I had to teach those guys the culture of how we work and do things, and um, luckily for me, I have guys like Travis and Frank and Chris that, that helped me out with that as well, and Oh, man, I was proud of those guys, man, how they responded in this big game. Patrick, 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 Patrick. second time, did you come from behind in a Super Bowl? I know last uh, Monday we were talking that you have already, you have dinner with Delway, with the, the Manning brothers, with Tideman, with Tolak. What are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it hasn't even sunk in yet. I mean, to be down to a team like that and to come back and win the game, um, I wish I'd make it easier and not be down, but I feel like I play better when we are down. So um, I'll try to do whatever I can to learn how to not get in those situations and to start fast and, and finish faster. But, I mean, it's, I mean you'll, you'll look back on these games the rest of your life, and um, you, you'll watch these games when they're on TV and stuff like that, and uh, I'm just glad I get to enjoy it with some of the best, the best men on earth. Patrick, did you have to get – um, a painkilling shot at halftime? If not, what sort of treatment did you get at halftime on the ankle? I did not get a painkilling shot, um, but uh, we, we did some stuff to get it ready to go for that second half. Andy made a, mentioned a lot of different guys who make plays. How about the one that Jared McKinnon made? In, in the moment, not getting in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, to have a vet like that um, who, who who knows, I mean, all year long he proved how smart he was on that football field. He's like another quarterback back there, and he made it a little close closer than I wanted him to. We talked about it in the huddle before the play, um, but we, we needed it because I ended up take, losing so many yards on when I was taking those knees. So uh, it was, um, it was a, a smart decision on him, and then that big of a moment you want to run in and just score the touchdown, but we work on that stuff every single week to prepare ourselves for those moments, and uh, I, I want to give a credit to Eric Bieniemy because even though sometimes we get tired of listening to them talking about those moments, they always seem to happen in the biggest games, and he makes sure we go over the details every single week about them. Hey, Patrick, what, uh, what made a difference for you guys going back and sitting down in the second half? I thought guys just they embraced the moment. I think that's the biggest thing is um, that first half he, he, we were playing, we were doing some good stuff, but I felt like guys were getting getting consumed by everything around us and not 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 just going out there and playing and enjoying this game that we've played since we were little kids. Um, and um, guys talked in the locker room and we just said let's leave it all out there. Let's leave it all out there for 30 minutes and see what happens at the end of the day. Um, and I thought guys did that and, uh, and I think the biggest thing was the offensive line. I mean the way they were able to protect me in that second half whenever we couldn't use those chips, we couldn't use those, that stuff to help them out um, against a great, uh, great defensive line. That's the reason we won this game. Patrick, 
Yeah, yeah, no, they did a good job of covering the guys that I wanted to throw to. Uh, that was the biggest thing, and I, I got going up upfield, and the, the, how the D-line rushed, it, it left the lane, and I thought once I got out, I don't know if you can see me running, I felt like someone was just right on my back the entire time. I haven't seen the play, but I'm, like, holding the ball up here somewhere. Um, but uh, you, shoot, you just try to get in field goal range, man, and we have a, a great kicker, and you want to give him a chance to kick a field goal or score a touchdown, and um, we were able to get in that field goal range. Uh, we were smart at the end there, and he was able to kick the, the field goal to win the game. We'll do a couple more. We'll go to Steve. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Patrick, you talk about Andy retiring. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, it was news to me, and I mean, obviously, uh, Coach Reed. I mean, he has every right to retire. He's done so many great things for so long. But I could tell by the way he, how much he enjoys this, um, that that that's not anywhere in the near future. And I, I know that we'll have conversations um, before that moment happens. Um, and whenever that time is right for him, uh, we'll embrace it, man. But I'm glad that he's sticking around because uh, we feel like the job's not finished. Last one right here. Go ahead. Right. Nope. Right here. Yeah, it's because I think, I mean, I don't want to talk about all coaches, but I mean, he's the, the best coach I've ever had about how he connects with players from everywhere. And I think you heard Frank Clark talk about it uh, during the media week that we did, is no matter where you're from, he can connect with you. And he, he you can tell he cares about you um, as a man as much as he does about a player. And so if there's something that's going on in your life, he's going to ask you about it. He's not going to worry about how you're practicing or, or hey, he needs you to be better here and here. He's going to ask you what's going on. Um, he's going to get that info from you. And he's going to... He's going to do whatever he can to help. Um, and I think that's been the biggest thing. That's why every player that leaves Coach Reed talks so highly of him because it's not about – I mean, obviously he wants to win football games and, is, and, and be great, but he, he cares about the, the men that step in that locker room and how he can he make them better whenever they leave it. Okay, thanks, Patrick. There you go, Patrick Mahomes right there. The 10th meeting between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Chiefs now have a 6-4 and four record against Philly. They've now won four straight games against the Eagles. Uh, you, you saw a lot of Bengals fans, uh, you know – well, we're three and one against Mahomes, whatever. Who cares? Chiefs have been the Eagles four straight times. You know, and they, they were able to get there, you know, get to the quarterback. But Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, just in rare air, and it's something we've had fun with each and every week with something, you know, we call it record time or whatever, you know, at the end of the, you know, the Chiefs in the PR release at the end of the night, the different records the Chiefs have broken or Andy Reid or whatever. It's, it's absolutely insane. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Having three receptions in this game when he got the three, um, 18 consecutive postseason game with at least three receptions, extending his NFL record. Jerry Rice is second with 16 consecutive games. So Travis Kelsey ahead of Jerry Rice in that category, then yards and receptions, he's behind him. Mahomes becomes the sixth NFL player to win multiple Super Bowl MVP awards. Tom Brady has five, Eli Manning two. Uh, Joe Montana has three. Terry Bradshaw has two. Bart Starr has two. At 27 years old, 27 and 148 days old, he's the second youngest player ever to win multiple Super Bowl MVPs, trailing only Tom Brady. He was 26 years old, uh, well, 26 and 182 uh, days old uh, when he won his second MVP. Um, just insane. Uh, a lot of people talking about that call on James Bradbury. Uh, the, the DPI um, didn't see it. Uh, he admitted it. He said, "Here's a." He said uh, it was holding. I tugged his jersey. I was hoping they would let it slide. So he's admitted he did something wrong. I give him credit for it. That's uh, taking a ultimate 
accountability. Let's go back to the phone lines, uh, 913-586-7610. Give us a call. We're all night. We're not stopping this full day tonight, full day tomorrow. You get a lot of Chiefs coverage coming your direction. Let's go to Sandra. What's up, Sandra? Hey, it's Sandra. Bain. Sandra, yeah, Sandra. My bad, my bad. Is it is this Sandra in Phoenix? Yes. Oh, what's great up, to your voice. I'm a little mellow right now. I've come in from the bonfire where I lit up all the receipts of all the bad things everybody oh, said all season. That's a lot of receipts well, to burn. Well, that's why it took me so long to call in. You know, that's a lot. That's a, That'll keep you warm for a long time. All the receipts from haters from the Chiefs this year. Yeah, I lit it up with a match that was engraved, Burrowhead, my, you know. Burrowhead, your um, ass. Oh, come on. I wanted to say it. I thought, oh, you, I thought, I thought, you, were, I thought you were going dancing around it because you didn't want to say it because I'd, like, hang up on your block. Yeah, yes. Eh? Yes. Yes. Go ahead okay. and say it. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it, Sandra. Burrowhead, my ass. Go ahead. Burrowhead, my ass. There you go. It sounded okay. great. Okay. But um, two things. I know, like, your draft King Dweeb, I don't mean the betting thing. I just meant you love the draft. Did you call me a Dweeb, Sandra? Did I say Dweeb? No, I didn't say Dweeb. I thought you said Draft Dweeb. Draft King. You're the Draft King. Oh, King. I thought you said Dweeb. (laughs) Either either one, I'll go with either one of them. Okay, there you go. I might have said Dweeb. (laughs) I think you did, actually. Dancing around a fire. Anyway, but, you know, drafts for me, eh. But this year... I was really taken in, absorbed, excited, uh, thought, wow, what a class. And and then last AFC Championship game and this game, the rookies, I know they don't call themselves that anymore, but, man, they're, they're a huge chapter of the last few weeks of the regular season. And in the postseason, I'm, I'm like Pops Pacheco after the game, if you know about what's happened to him in his short life and what's been going on, you just, it's, I could cry. And then the other thing in the off season for me, I was just anxiously every day checking the wire. When are we going to sign McKinnon again? Why didn't we sign McKinnon again? What is the problem? And then we finally did. And that was a huge sigh of relief for me. And I am, I am, you know, not right all the time. I admit it, but man, I was right about him getting him back. I know I'm not the only person who thought that. So, burn well, my ass. He's, he's the unsung hero of this team. But we, we, I've been saying it all all season long on this post game show that well, you know this guy's blocking you, ability, what he's doing. I mean, this guy, it's unsung what he's done for the Chiefs, and you know, he, not, not get a lot of credit like Mike Dana, maybe you know this this year on defense. Yes. And speaking of draft, Sandra, yes. you know, you go back three years ago. That's where they got uh, McCole Hardman, Thornhill, and Colin Saunders. Um, yes, was in that one. The year, the year uh, 2020, where they got Willie Gay, Legereus Sneed, Michael Dana. Those are all contributors. And then two years ago, when they get Trey Smith starter, Noah Gray back up to Kelsey, Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton. Don't need to tell you how good those guys are. And then this year, when oh, you saw, then when you saw McDuffie, Karloftis, Sky Moore, Brian Cook, Leo Chanel, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, Isaiah Pacheco. Those guys were Chanel all contributors to this tonight. team. Yes, and Chanel got a sack tonight. Out of, out so of the 10 draft picks they had this year, Sandra, eight of them were contributors to this team winning a title. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? 
you go be a draft dweeb king, Bank, because right. you are prescient and you are right. And I'll hail you. And kingdom, I'm out here in Glendale with my signs waving around and my fire burning to embers. <laughs> I'm so proud of all of our boys. Well, Sandra, it's always good hearing from you, whether it's Royals, whether it's Chiefs. Keep burning those receipts in the Phoenix area because there was a lot of receipts this year, Jed. And I think they heard them all. And I think the uh, biggest motivator for the Chiefs this year, I think the award should go to the Cincinnati mayor. What do you think, Jed? Is that a, is he deserving of the uh, shouldn't talk award? I think at this point we could probably let him slide, seeing as how the Chiefs are Super Bowl champion. But I don't right. know. I, I try and be less petty than you, Bank. I mean, I, I'm very petty when it comes to that. But, I mean, the Chiefs, I mean, the mayor fired them up. I mean, they're reason in the Super Bowl because of the, the mayor firing them up. I mean, you know, maybe you should get some kind of maybe barbecue sent to him because he's the one that inspired the Chiefs to beat the Bengals that got him here. I mean – this is Mahomes after the game against the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, you got Burrowhead. You said, I mean, they beat us last time. They were talking about we, we got to play them. There was a lot of stuff. I mean, the mayor came at me, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I understand he's the mayor of Cincinnati, so he has to think about something. But uh, I mean, it's it, it's something that you just got to play the football game and then let your play do the talking. I mean, the mayor, he'll, he he should be in Pete's book. Pete's writing a story about Dynasty beginning. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. I mean, that's all part of the story of the uh, 2022 Kansas City Chiefs, Jed. Was the fine mayor of that that he's not fine, but the mayor of Cincinnati. He's the king of receipts. I mean, that, that is the biggest receipt. I know the Bart Scott and all these clowns and national media and stuff talking about the Chiefs or whatever. That, that's the, that stuff's one thing. But he's King Jabroni. Well, the King Jabroni did something. I mean, go with me here, Jed. The mayor of Cincinnati is this year's King Jabroni. I'm with you. I mean, they, they beat the Bengals by three points. But it's funny when, when, when the quarterback mentions it, Travis Kelsey mentions it, Andy Reid alluded to it. That's three Hall of Famers talking about this Jabroni. And again, and I the know people of Cincinnati probably hate that mayor. He'll probably not get elected ever again. Probably not. But that's, again, a political issue, probably more so than anything. But I, I, I guess think so. I, to, I think it comes down to football a lot of times, Jed. <laughs> in this town, political you, insider, Jay Binkley, in this town, if you said something and you were a mayor and you said something to piss off another town and a team beat the Chiefs, I don't know if you'd be reelected. But they won by three points. I mean, it's not like I, it took a last-second field goal for the Chiefs to beat the Bengals. It took a last-second field goal for them to be Super Bowl champions. Again, very excited. It's great for Kansas City. But the narrative that's being painted that the Chiefs just crushed anyone in their path, I think, is a little foolhardy on everybody's part. You know the one good thing, Jed, is we didn't hear this tonight. There's no foul in the play for a block in the back. Time out. I am happy. I am happy that I have received no phone calls about Carl Sheffers, and I haven't been admonished on the text line for trying to say that a loser's lament is blaming an official. Do you think but, they'll be talking about him in Philly on the postgame show tonight? I'm sure that they are, and I would say the exact same thing that I said to everyone. I think that if you're complaining about the refs, I mean, look at the scoreboard. If you if you really think that you're the better team, refs don't ever cost you a game, and you know that just as well as I do, Jed. Do you think... 
people in this town, if next year they said we're going to have Carl Sheffers put on the uh, tournament plaza lights, like if I would have said this to you like three weeks ago, you'd say no way in hell. He'll be egged. He'll be stoned. The people like, flipping him off and everything. It's not so unreasonable to think now they'd let him, is it? I still think that people would kind of get their panties in a bunch about it. <laughs> you and you, you would play the audio again of his voice cracking, <laughs> and everybody would say, oh, well, they made him cry. He has a vendetta against the Chiefs. Well, clearly it played out tonight. Oh, wait, it didn't. He's an official. He's paid a job, and he did his job. You know who I'd let flip on the plaza lights next year? Patrick Mahomes? No, Chad Henney. He retired tonight. I mean, I mean, go blue. There were a lot of Michigan representatives on this team. Michigan's had a pretty good uh, time in the NFL. Tom Brady did okay. I, I don't. Don't you dare. Don't you dare bring up Tom Brady. Who, who's better? Who's a better Michigan quarterback in the NFL? Jim Harbaugh, Chad Henney, or Tom Brady? So if I were to actually rank them legitimately, Tom Brady is obviously the best, but I don't like Tom Brady because where are my four national championships? Well, who's your, your likability meter, Henny, Harbaugh, or Tom Brady? Uh, so I would go Harbaugh, but mainly because he's the coach at Michigan, and then I would go Henny, and then a distant third, I would go Tom Brady. <laughs> and non- Couldn't beat out Drew Henson? What the hell's that? But non-quarterback, you got Frank Clark. Frank Clark's my dog. He's been going, you know. Mike go, Dana? He's been saying go, go blue all the time. Yeah, Dana? Absolutely. Who was, who was a Chippewa before he went to Michigan. I know, but he actually made his bones at Michigan. Yeah, I don't know. He was, the, like, two-time. Just let me have my moment. They have, like, an award for the best Chippewa at Central Michigan. He, he just won, let me have my moment. He won the award, yeah. It's your moment, Jed. Mike Dana. But they, just another song. I mean, eight of the ten guys they drafted this year made a contribution. Nazi Johnson was actually on the roster uh, Darian Kennard was inactive most of the time, but it's 10 players. I mean, it's unbelievable what Brett Beach has done in the draft. And you know what? He's not going to sniff GM of the year. He's not even going to sniff it, which you really need to bring in. Like, should people be voting for certain things or not when Brett Beach is not even going to be considered for this award? Because it's uh, it's comical. Uh, we're coming right. We're coming right back at you. 913-586-7610. Let's talk about this. Chiefs of Dynasty or not. What's your opinion on that? Chris Inocero has got you covered from 3 to 6. He'll be sitting in with me here in the 2 o'clock hour. Anyway, give us a ring. Welcome back. We're just sitting here talking about the world champions once again. Second time in four years. Jay Binkley, Jed Marshall with you. And Chris Inocero is going to carry you all the way till, uh, I, w- I have been since 6 a.m., but we all know Fesco starts at 5.58. I can't hear uh, Chris's mic there. We, we got to hear your dulcet tones. I don't. I don't think I have dulcet tones. I, I think that's a, a stretch. Well, we've had a lot of fired up people tonight. Yeah, I'm sure. I was here three years ago, last time they won the Super Bowl, and it was just hype on the text line, on the phone line. Yeah, so I, I believe me. I, I expect people to continue to call in. Probably going to trickle down compared to what it was before. You've been here, you've been here with us during yeah. the Royals run and the right. Royals World Series and all yeah, this. I mean, was, when they won the World Series, I was here all night. I was producing Vern we, all we, night. We used to not win anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> We're <laughs> used to it now, so we expect the all-nighters. Yeah, we get the draft. They get the World Cup coming. I mean, Kansas City, man. It's now... Yeah, uh, yeah we do. Draft two months away, two and a half months away, and then, yeah, World Cup coming up here in three years. A little bit three and a half the, years. We had the new airport opening up at the end yeah, of the month. Yeah, yeah, the new terminal there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. There's a lot happening here over the next few years. Kansas City got a groove back, didn't it? Oh yeah, like 
it was the the funny thing about this town is underrated too. This, I like, know. this football team is this town's underrated. I know it's so funny about this whole situation because like I think after the first Super Bowl, we we're like, oh, you know, they'll just they'll just keep rolling along. And then they lose the, the next one. And then last year they don't get to it. So I think for a lot of fans, it feels a little bit more special. Not quite as special as the first one because it's the first one you had in 50 years. But this one, I think there's a, something special about it that's, that's different from the other one because it's like, uh, and, and you heard this from a lot of Chiefs players after the game, there's validation now. And now it's like, okay, 2019 wasn't a fluke. Aaron, uh, Patrick, Patrick Holmes isn't Aaron Rodgers now. You know, he's not going to do that. Now it's like, okay, he's legitimately one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen play, and he's got the accomplishments to back up the, the highlights that we've, see, uh, we've seen throughout his career. So I think this is kind of, and it's still sinking in for me, but I think it kind of feels like that, where it's like it's, now it's validating what we've seen. And here's the thing about it. This team has fun. Even when they did their snow globe play like they did. The yeah, game. that was but, funny. But this team, and why do they do that stuff? Because Andy Reid lets them do it. And Biennemi does. And they go to Eric Biennemi at the end of practice, Kelsey and Mahomes, whatever. Right. When Tyreek Hill was here, he was doing the same thing. And they get creative because the players come up with it, but they have fun doing it because they're creating this. And it makes them have ownership within the group. I, I always liken it to, like, if you just give your kid money, they're not going to appreciate it. But if they go earn the money, right. and, like go mow the lawn and get paid, they they respect the money more, right? It's like this team. And think about the free agents that see the Chiefs. And even these draft picks, when they get drafted, they get excited because they're going to play with Pat Mahomes. And they get excited about that. Or they're going to play for Big Red or with Travis Kelsey and all these. But it's easy. It's a sell now. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like Alabama on the, or Georgia on the recruiting trail. Like, they don't really have to sell their school or their academic programs. It's just, hey, do you want to go play for uh, Kirby right. Smart or Nick Saban? You want to get drafted in the first round? Come play for us. Like, you, you don't have to recruit. They want to come to you. And that's the one good thing about the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to play something for you, Chris. This is uh, after Brett Veach won that Super Bowl in Miami, uh, that first of many. And, and, again, sometimes we take things, I think, for granted. When it comes to sports, like, are you ever going to get back? Remember Dan Marino got the Super Bowl early yeah. in the second year? Everyone thought he was just going to keep going. He didn't get back. He never got back. The Rams, they're in the back of the milk carton after winning the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, they were terrible last year. The Buccaneers year. went downhill after winning theirs. <laughs> yep. They didn't carry through. The Patriots did. Mm-hmm. They carried that 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 you know that, that mantle going forward. But this is what Brett Veach had to say after that uh, winning that Super Bowl against the Niners. Yeah, I think, I mean, just in general in this league, I mean, it's it's – I, I joke with the guys all the time. I, I always thought, like, if you become a GM and, and won a Super Bowl, it's like icing on the cake and, you know, stress-free life. And it's the complete opposite. You know, every year you feel like it's not good enough. So I think just in general, you know, working in this profession um, and, and, you know, being in this league, it, it, they, you, everyone literally forgets what you did the year before. And it's every year it's got to be something brand new and something different. And um, it, it motivates us. And, and uh, you know, we're certainly – fortunate that we have guys that are wired to come in and compete every day um and you know talking to pat every day and seeing the way he's working with those guys out there is, is certainly um another motivating factor i mean um but the pressures and the expectations are there whether you won a super bowl the year before or whether you stink i mean there's still pressure to win so i think we feel it all the time and that was music to the years when he said that that it stood out to me when he said it then it stands out to me now because you know he's asking yeah you think you win a super bowl title as a general manager it's icing on the cake right they pelt on the way i'm a world champion yeah but do you want another one? And they do. 
Does Andy Reid still hungry for another one? Hundred percent, he is. Does Patrick Mahomes? Is he going to get pissed if he never goes? I, I bet the guy goes to the playoffs every single year of his, his play career. If he missed the playoffs, but if he, he's you know got the title be. game of the Super Bowl every year, I mean, this is this yeah. is stuff he's used to. Like Super Bowl opening night, this old hat to him yeah. when he goes next time. But that 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 drive to win another one. Like Tom Brady had that drive to win another. Peyton Manning had that drive every year to go win another. Joe Montana had that drive. One wasn't enough. Two wasn't enough. Three wasn't enough. Like Tom Brady. None was enough. Seven wasn't even is not even enough for him. I'm sure it came back. He's still lamenting by those three losses. Came back twice after winning seven and said, "I'm going to try again to win another." And I I think we forget how fortunate the Patriots. I mean, even Tom's rings. So we talk about the officiating or call here and there. The Patriots had some real, real barn burners in those Super Bowls. Matter of fact, they probably shouldn't have even won that first Super Bowl because that was the. uh, the uh, Gannon game in New England. Remember the the catch? Yes, in yeah, the, the, the the tuck rule game. Tuck yeah, rule game, and yeah. then and then like yeah, their first three championships they were all decided by three points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were all decided here. by three points. But and it's a fine line. Look, look, look when Eli Manning beat that undefeated Patriots team in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The catch, the David Tyree catch. Yeah, I mean, and then you, and then four the, years later, you had the catch by Manning him as well. It just shows you the the fine line between winning right. and losing. Yeah, and it's funny because like. I know that there were people trying to discredit the Chiefs before the Super Bowl by saying, oh, if not for Wasp, they don't have a championship. But that's the way football is. Yeah, it that's how the game one is. Two with, with, Dick Vermeule, you say football comes down to one or two plays. That's 100% true. Yeah, without the catch, are the 49ers the dynasty that they were with the catch? Probably not. Like Things could have changed drastically if, Mahomes if you don't win that here? Super Bowl. If he's if not he drafted is, here. If he no. ends up going to Buffalo? Changes everything. Like Buffalo keeps that pick? Yeah, or or they can tell themselves all the time that they're fine because they got Josh Allen now, but deep down they know they're not. Or like I, I know that like the Saints said that they would they told Mahomes they would draft him at twelve. What happens if the Saints take him at twelve? Well, all of a sudden history's different now. All of a sudden, Drew Sean Brees Payton's is replaced. Still <laughs> he's still in he's still in New Orleans and he's replaced Drew Brees with Patrick Mahomes, and all of a sudden we'd be hating the Saints right now. So like it it I, I hate when people like try to discredit things like that because it's like in football. That's the sport where it's a lot of times one play changes history. So I I think you got to give the chiefs a lot of credit for what they did. And like, it goes back to the whole, like this was the validation title. Oh, it it was, it was definitely putting that stamp on it. Cause this game going in this game, you, you, all the things you think about, like Holmes could just win that second title. Yeah. If any Reed wins this, the the second super, Bowl, You know, then the haters can't be as hateful towards it. You know, like, well, he's lost two one, one, can't say that anymore. He's won two out of three. Yeah. It's a big difference. It's a big difference where he sits, sits there now. 913-586-7610 is a phone number. Don't forget, Chris has you going all the way till uh, till 6 a.m. Let's go to 558. This, Get it 558, right. 558, my bad. <laughs> Let's go out to, uh, speaking of just growing areas, DeSoto, Kansas. Let's go talk to Dave. They're getting a new plant out there, and it's going to be. Uh, yeah, it is booming over it's there. Booming. It's starting to boom over there. What's up, Dave? What's up, man? Hey, I don't think we're a dynasty just yet. I need to, we need to ch- chop all this dynasty talk off. We're, we had two miracle come from behind wins in the Super Bowl. There's, there's been four wins all time. Dave, did you not hear us talk about the Super Bowls come down to one or two plays? Look at that Rams-Bengals game last year. That came down you, to you a argue, three points you, right there. You guys can't argue with facts. You, you Chiefs propagandists can't argue with no, facts. No, Dave, here's the thing. Dave, here's the thing. You're an idiot. And you've called under different names before. 
and you're not fooling us this time either. You have been hateful towards the Chiefs the whole year. I'll call you out. You downplay Mahomes every single week. You downplay the Chiefs. You're not even wasting. So it's a waste of time talking about this. This is a Debbie. You know what? Here's the deal, Dave. That's not his real name, I'm sure, because he's gone is by it, a is bunch it Steve? of Steve? I think so. Yeah. The Chiefs have two Super Bowls the last four years. This no matter how they got to it. History books are going to say two time Mahomes, two time MVP, two time Super Bowl champion. Can't erase history. This is it. Deal with it. If they win the Super Bowl next year, he'll just make up some other excuses right. to why they're not a dynasty. Yeah. Well, and even like I, I We're openly a propaganda artist. Well, for sure. <laughs> and I even openly admit that I'm a contrarian generally. But if I'm willing to say that the Chiefs are a dynasty, they damn well are a dynasty. I think How it, about that? I think it's debatable with two titles, but I think it's like you could go either way on that. It depends on your own personal. You got to keep view it up. Of what a dynasty. You got to keep it up. Well, here's right. the thing. Yeah. Well, let's say they go next year and they lose in the divisional round. Okay. And then the next year they lose in the AFC title game. Okay. Yeah. But then in three years they make the Super Bowl again. All of a sudden you're going. Well, well, that's still part of the dynasty. Yeah. Still that's still counts as part. Patriots of it, yeah. had that lull too. They had that lull too between the championships. I mean, the, the 49ers did too. So did the uh, so did the the Steelers back in the 70s. Like very few teams are just winning a bunch of consecutive titles or winning like three and four years. You don't see that that often. I mean, the Steelers won two in 74, 75, and they didn't win. They didn't win another Super Bowl again until 78 and 79. Yeah, I don't know if Dave called from Philly or whatever. I mean, he might have. He might have. It might have been somebody calling from Philly or Cincinnati Bengals fans. Well, I mean, if they're fans of those teams, they're probably sad right now. So. You should probably, well, call, you should probably <laughs> call their postgame show because those teams have something to worry about. And, yeah. Chris, I, I think they're you, chokers. I, I think you actually make a great point about what the, the definition of dynasty is. It's all in the eye of the beholder, of course. But, I mean, it's a little bit like Rob and Dusty were talking about this earlier today on the uh, pregame coverage. It's a little bit of a moving goalpost. It's like the LeBron versus Jordan debate to a certain extent when it comes to trying to define a dynasty and what each person wants to say it is. Yeah, I mean, some people say it's two. Some people think it's three or four or whatever. So it's like, to me, it's like, I don't think it's worth arguing over right now. Like, I think if the Chiefs get to three, I think it's hard to argue against them being a dynasty. I think right now you can still argue against it. It just depends on your own personal preference. But at the same time, like once once they get to three, ain't no more arguing at that point. And especially if they do it next year. And honestly, I don't think they care because they got two rings on their finger. And they, they, I, they're I think they hardware. I think they do kind of care because they were they 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 were talking about it after, and they were clearly motivated by the fact that a lot of people doubted them this oh, year. Hundred percent. Here's Kelsey after the game talking about is this a dynasty? Just um, it solidifies your greatness. You didn't get lucky once. It wasn't just a uh, you know beginner's luck or. Well, however you guys want to call it, you know, this is, uh, we won, we took it two years in a row or not two years in a row, but, uh, two out of four. There you go. Do you consider this a dynasty? You can call it a dynasty, call it whatever you want. All I know is that we're coming back next year for, with, with our heart and the right mind mindset on trying to get another one. I can tell you that right now. See, that's, that's the right attitude by the, and by the way, uh, the chiefs, <laughs> If you want to go look at this game, it's 14 to 7 right now because they're replaying the game. Juju Smith Schuster had pass interference on him they didn't call. So if you want to talk about the guy to break then, the Chiefs had the punt in this situation. Oh, yeah, they ran into Tommy Townsend. He should have taken the he, ball. He, he gotta he gotta do a better action. He should there. he should he gotta he gotta milk that better. He should have taken the fall there. But the Chiefs had the punt. It was pass interference on Juju. They didn't call. And who knows what would happen at the end of the game. Chiefs might have probably still would have won that game. Even if they don't call that, so I mean, you know, I I I I don't want to. I I I'm generally not the person that likes to complain about the officials. Um, 
I thought they did great today. I really did. I thought they did a great job because, like, we didn't talk about them besides the catch situation and besides that the the holding call at the end of the game. Like, to be honest, we didn't have a whole lot of bad penalties in this game. The only the biggest controversy was obviously the the defensive holding call on Bradbury, which he admitted he was holding. So that should squash any and all yeah, Bradbury, conversation. Here's, on that. here's James Bradbury who got that. Uh, DPI after the game. Like you pulled on it enough for that call at that time. I mean that's not up for my judgment. You know, I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. It's a big game. Um, and it was it was a hold, so they called it. There you go. It was he's in it. I was hoping he was gonna let it go. This is not NFL network looking back at it. This isn't us talking about it. That's the guy who did it saying, yeah, he said, I did it. Yeah, I did it. So Which like, I give a lot of credit. That's accountability. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look, I mean, let's be honest here. Like that's not, that's the kind of holding that happens on most time. Most times that players do run their routes, especially those kind of routes where they are changing direction very quickly like that and turning their bodies around. That happens all the time. But I hope people remember this in the first half. It's right. Oh, they're not going to remember. The Chiefs had the punt. They're not going to remember. They call it on Juju and they should we're, we're always going to remember the call at the end of the game, not the one that happened in the in the second quarter. Like That's just that's no, people I, I know. But, that call. Uh, but in all fairness, they should remember that. It could have changed. It could have absolutely changed the game had they called that there. You're you're 100 right on that. But they're not going to because it's always into the game that 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 people feel matters more. Uh, but I kudos to Bradbury for owning up to it and say, yeah, I did it. I I, I don't like when people nine complain. Nine total penalties in this game. Yeah, it's like nine total penalties. It was well officiated because we didn't hear the referees other than whenever they were like the biggest controversy was the catch. What was a catch in this game? That was the biggest controversy. If that's your biggest controversy and not all the terrible calls that we've seen throughout this season, I'd say you did a good job there. Kudos to Carl Sheffers for not being a distraction this week. But that that ball would have uh, given the Chiefs a first down on that play for Juju, and who knows what happens? Who knows what happened? It was fourteen to seven there. Who knows what happens there with the Kansas City Chiefs? And also, Butker missed the field goal. They went doink off the upright. That that that, that me. made a difference in this game. That or decision by Andy it, obviously me. didn't make a, a difference in the final finality no. of this game, but it did make thank God it did somewhat of a difference. Yeah, that irked me. That him deciding like, especially because you watched. The, the other coach, Nick Sirianni, and he just coached that first half immaculately. I, I love the way he did. He was aggressive. Amazing. I'm just aggressive. I mean, he, the Eagles are one of the top teams going forward on fourth down. I mean, he coached how you got to beat the Chiefs. It reminded me of how Sean McDermott coached the Chiefs and when the Bills came into the one, They can't be stopped. Right, right. Yeah, like, seriously, like, I, I – just the same way I gave Sean McDermott credit for how he coached against the Chiefs when the Bills came into Arrowhead earlier this season. And he was just so aggressive. And he's like, we got to take every opportunity. And the Chiefs did a good job of stopping them on fourth down a few times. But he still gave his team opportunities because he was not going to just willingly give the ball away to Patrick Mahomes. And I, I got to give Sirian a lot of credit for how he coached in that first half because he was not going to do that same thing. Second half was a different story because – Chiefs offense just caught fire, and there's nothing you can do about that if you if you don't have a quarterback as good as Patrick Mahomes. But that first half was as good a game as you could coach if you're Sirianni. So I got to give him a lot of credit for that. But whatever credit you give, you got to take it away in the second half because they did not have any no. answers for the Kings. Oh City no, Chiefs. they you nothing, nothing, not at scored all. every time they had the ball. I mean, but like 
What would what was your answer going to be though against the Chiefs? Well, I mean, like, what were you going to do? You well, couldn't generate a pass rush. Here's the one thing about it: Mahomes now five and zero the season against top ten passing defenses. Yeah, which we always say well, defense I, doesn't matter. I had people text me saying or the text line, "Why are the Chiefs running? Why are the Chiefs running?" Well, this was one Achilles heel of the Eagles. They were 17th, so bottom half of the NFL and stopping the run, number one against the pass. So, obviously, there's opportunities to run the football. The right. Chiefs took care of those opportunities. 158 yards, thanks to, in large part to Isaiah Pacheco in that 4 3 7 so speed. good, man. I'm waiting for him to just bust out because he's got that. I mean, he's got 4 3 7 speed. That is game changing type. That is Marquez Valdez scaling speed that I thought we'd see a little more of this year. Next year, Pacheco has a good chance to break out. Good chance to break out. Oh, 100%. Year. 100%. Here's, Eagles were third in the NFL in points per game given up um or number or excuse me eighth in the league in points per game given right. up total defense they were number two pass defense they were number one um number one in sacks was 70 this was a legit defense the Chiefs beat and you got to think about it they put 38 on the Eagles I get it Nick Bolton scored one of those touchdowns so still 31 31 yeah. on the Eagles remember when they put 41 on Tampa in Tampa and that was a top five scoring defense when they did it the 49ers, they put 44 points on, was the number one defense. Yeah, number one defense, defense in the NFL this year. Number one scoring defense. Even at that time, they finished the same way then. And I know they had some quarterback issues and whatever, but they won every game after that Chiefs game. And these defenders still played. And they were still number one in the NFL, and the Chiefs put 44 when I'm in their place. Yeah, I, I, I've been saying it all year long, especially after that game. The Chiefs don't care how good your defense is. They do not care. They have played good defenses for years now. Remember the Buffalo Bills in the divisional round last year? Number one defense in the NFL. The Chiefs scored 42 on them. The Chiefs do not care how good your defense is. If you want to beat the Chiefs, you have to be able to keep up with them on offense. Your quarterback has to be able to keep up with them. And you got to hope that their offensive line's terrible like they were in that Super Bowl two years ago. You got to keep up with Justin Watson, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Man. It's just like, it's, there's so many things they have to defend. It's it's just incredibly hard. 913-586-7610 is the phone number. Chris Nocero sitting in with me. We get you covered all night long on 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Post Kid Show. Jay Binkley, Jed Marshall, Bushy Operation. Kristen Ocero has got you covered until uh, 5.58 in the morning. Sitting in here too, w- with me here talking Kansas City Chiefs. World champion Kansas City Chiefs. 913-586-7610 is the phone number. Somebody's not sleeping tonight. Let's talk to Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's up, brother? What's up with you? Oh, <laughs> just on cloud nine, man. It, it just feels absolutely unreal. Um I just want to say, I haven't really heard anybody say anything about this, but, man, this one needs to be for Lenny. Lynn Dawson, man. It just. <laughs> That's right. Holy smokes. 100%. So, yeah. Lenny the Cool. But, yeah, just Chiefs but, legends. This is the year of the Chiefs. This is their fifth Super Bowl. They were in the first one. You know, I mean, so they got that. They're just it's a model franchise of the NFL. They now move into rare air with that third Super Bowl championship. You know, I mean, you, you start getting to that absolutely. point. In line where you, where you have three wins. And some teams, you know, like the Bills, the Vikings, the Bengals, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Cardinals, the Titans, the Chargers, they don't have a championship. Like, they don't have one. And we we, we here do. And you even think of the rare air they're in with three Super Bowl wins now. They joined Denver and Washington, Oakland, 
the Giants, or no, excuse me, the Giants have four, so they have one more to get the Giants. But they're now tied with the Raiders, who are seen as a you know a life, lifetime wonderful franchise. They've won three out of five. Well, Chiefs are now three out of five. Yeah, it's 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 incredible, man. You know, the past the past ten years, we've just been absolutely spoiled as fans. It's you know going two and fourteen year in and year out. You know, from the Dick Vermeil era through Todd Haley and Herdem Edwards. I mean, we're we're spoiled, man. We we absolutely spoiled. So we're just you know what, Chris, getting what's due to us because those great teams that Marty had, yeah, ninety eight team is ridiculous. The good Chiefs teams that probably could have been world champions. For some reason, they get to the postseason and couldn't do it. But Dick Vermeil even had a great Chiefs team. You know, yeah, yeah, and O uh, three, yeah. I was, I was listening. I was as I was driving over to my uh, my parents' place. Uh, that's where I, I watched the game at. And I, Rich Gannon was on the pregame for the uh, Chiefs Radio Network, and like you know, he was talking about like, hey man, like if they hadn't replaced me, Elvis Gerbach, we probably would have won the Super Bowl that year. And I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I agree with him too. And it's just like, it's just amazing, like how close we could have gotten to being in this position now maybe not exactly but like you know winning a championship but it just maybe one coaching decision one mistake in a game completely just changes everything and it's just crazy how now all of those things that worked against us 20 years ago 10 years ago now we're working in our favor. Well, you just don't take it for granted. Like like the Baltimore Ravens the 2000 uh Baltimore Ravens won the title in right, 2001s right. That, that just all-time defense, in my opinion, best defense to ever be on I a think football so field. But they I didn't parlay. So they didn't get back to the Super Bowl until 2013. 12. You know, 12 seasons. 12 seasons. The Super Bowl's in 13. 13. Yeah, February 13. But still, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, 13 years difference. I mean, <coughs> going repeatedly like the Chiefs have done. And it's, uh, Dusty had put all our predictions for the game out at 610. And I remember somebody on Twitter goes, a bunch of homers or something like that. Well, everybody was right. <laughs> Here's the thing about the Chiefs. It sounds homeristic if you're picking the Chiefs to win. Yeah. Well, if you're in Kansas City, you pick all, the Chiefs to win. But yeah. all they do is win. Yeah. That's the thing about it. Just, your chances of the Chiefs winning are far greater than them losing. I did not. Like, if you would have said a bunch of Philadelphia hosts picked the Eagles to win, I'm like, okay, well, right. well, fine. You, that's you cool. You watch that team day in and day out. Yeah, you, know you probably feel like. A, that's a damn good team. Yeah, and they were a great team. They played great today. Patrick Mahomes was just better. I still think the Bengals are better than they are, though. I don't think so. I do. I like. I think the if the Bengals would have won two weeks ago and played this Eagles team, they would have got smacked. I don't. I don't agree with that. I think they would have got the Bengals smacked. Beat this Eagles team. They were like this offensive, that offensive line against it's this physical, pass it's, it's rush. He plays that with his wide receivers. Oh man, and that would have that yeah. would not have been. I don't think that would have been a close I, game. I think the Bengals would have got smacked. I guess we can just go. It would have been fun to watch. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing it didn't happen. It's a good thing we don't. We will never know the answer to that game because they're not going to play each other. But I think the Bengals would have got smacked. Like seriously, and I, I two weeks ago I would have said the opposite. I would have said the Bengals will beat the the Eagles that they play. No, no. The Bengals would have got smacked because this team that showed up today. See, here's the thing. Oh, though. my God. That Eagles dude, defense, they're good. The, de- the Eagles defense got exposed again. <laughs> they got exposed against I, a really good I, I offensive the, line. You know what? They're 9-1 and one this year against winning teams. Right. But 
when you play Davis Mills and Josh Jacobs and yeah. Taylor Heineke and Matt Ryan and all and Kenny Pickett and all these quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Jones twice. You Three saw a times, real quarterback actually. here, and they would have seen a real quarterback in Joe Burrow. Yeah, but, like, it's different, though, because, like, you. I mean, you saw what happened when the Chiefs played that, that Bengals team two weeks ago. They just completely mauled they, Joe Burrow. They, they're probably right on par with them. I they mean, the Chiefs mauled Joe the Eagles Burrow. had an outstanding The, the Eagles had more depth in their pass rush. They would have destroyed. Not only Burrow that, they came out hurt. of the best division of football. Exactly. They, they would have hurt the like Joe Burrow would have gotten hit the whole game. So I just I don't think that that would have been a I don't think that would have been a good game for the Bengals. Like that's a bad matchup. If they play like maybe the 49ers, like I I I'd agree with you. But like this Eagles team with that pass rush, like I know they didn't look that great tonight because the Chiefs have a great offensive line. The Bengals do not. Their offensive line is so bad. Like you watch I watched that game back the night after the day after. Oh my god. God, that offensive line and, is awful. And I don't think that was a talking point much this week. There was a lot of talk <laughs> about the Eagles' pass rush and yeah. what they're going to do to the Chiefs. Right. And you saw Orlando Brown put it on a blanket T-shirt. Uh, they gave him no yeah, sacks. Yeah, yeah. He, he was peacocking after that one. Oh, yeah, he knows. But here's the thing. I mean, if you, if you want to really get down the nuts and bolts of it, Philadelphia had 70 sacks. Chiefs had 55. It's a 15-sack difference. Yeah. However, the Eagles' offensive line gave up 18 more sacks than the Chiefs' offensive line deal. That's a net positive of three for the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, right. If you, but that wasn't talked about. Was what the, what the, what's the Eagles pass rush going to do to Mahomes and all that? Well, what about the fact the Chiefs were the only team to get a sack in this game? It was They, they got two sacks in this game. Eagles got none. That kind of exposes the whole issue with, like, national coverage of teams like the Chiefs. I don't think people – like, I think when people look at the Chiefs, they just think Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones and, and that's it. They don't understand that there's a lot more that goes into the Chiefs' success. Did Patrick Mahomes throwing the football down the field, scrambling on on clutch plays, Travis Kelsey catching and running for 20 yards? Like they they don't understand that part. There's a lot more moving parts than just Patrick Mahomes sitting in the pocket and and slinging it down the field. The offensive line has been so important for this team's success. And seriously, like it was probably if I I remember saying before the game was like. As long as Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hit the entire game, as long as he's not getting knocked around, the offense will be fine. It's just a matter of can the defense get enough stops. Defense got enough stops. The offense, like that, 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 that offensive line deserves so much credit for how they played tonight because they did not allow Mahomes to get hit in the pocket. And that is how you give him the best opportunity to destroy any defense in this league. I don't think people realize how tough it is to have that target on your back. Oh, yeah. Because when you got everybody gunning for you, not only free agency, we've talked about the FC West and all the additions were made, teams drafting against you, uh, teams fight, trying to find any way to beat you, and for Andy Reid basically to go back to the lab and be enemy and create this this Chiefs offense without Tyreek Hill. And they said, from Mahomes said it, Reid said it, they said it in training camp, we're going to be a different team. Don't take us in fantasy uh, football. One 1,000-yard receiver, no 1,000-yard running backs. They had 12 guys with over 100 yards of offense and two touchdowns. That's an NFL record. I mean, that is spreading the ball around. And there's always somebody else stepping up. Like, MBS stepped up a ton of the Bengals game. Didn't in this game. It was Juju stepping up in this game. Just different guys stepping up at different moments. And you really don't know who to focus on besides Travis Kelsey. And even when you do, he still gets his yards, which is incredible. That's what makes Travis Kelsey's lore better. Because he's <laughs> like, seriously, if you're going to play the Chiefs, Who's the one guy you want to stop? I mean, this is not rocket science. You want to stop Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, the Obviously, only thousand yeah. receiver on this team. But they don't do it. 
Because they can't. <laughs> they can't. It crazier. They can't. That was the funny, like the first half, I remember watching it just be like, are they going to cover Travis Kelsey? Six like, for 81 and a touch. Are they going to cover him in the first half? Because like literally like, I, I know, I, I think it was his longest reception. He was uncovered over the middle of the field. And I'm like, how do you not see 87? He's the tallest guy that's out there running routes. How do you not see him? How do you, how? Why would you focus on any other pass catcher besides Travis Kelsey? Like, just didn't make any sense. Kelsey was eating early in that first half, and it was just so confusing to me. Like, I don't know what the defensive game plan was in that first half, but, like, if not for the offensive success that the Eagles would have had, the Chiefs probably would have had, like, a two-score lead going into halftime, get the ball back, and then just keep scoring in the second half. Like, literally – their offense kept them in that game and gave them the lead that they had because their defense wasn't doing them any favors. I don't know what their defense and like their defensive coordinator is like a, one of the lead candidates to get the Cardinals job. And he had an awful game. Plan. Thing, you're going to have to eventually pay Jalen Hurts. Not this year, but you're eventually going to next, pay year. Him. next I, year. Actually, was this, is this well, his third can, year? You can still you can give him something that bumped up. Now. They're, yes, they're going to, they're going to pay him this but season. Now you're losing coordinators and coaches. The chiefs have not had to deal with that problem. I mean, yeah, yeah they're going to lose both their coordinators. And probably. And stuff like that, but good you still Andy Reed yeah. calling the plays, which makes the biggest difference. Do you remember that game back in 2015? Uh, the divisional round. After they beat the Texans, they finally, you know, got the playoff win. Yeah, and then they played the Patriots the next week. They went and played the Patriots the following week, and that was literally the only weapon they had was Kelsey. Only. And Belichick found a way to limit him. That was mm-hmm. the game. You know, like, okay, we got to stop Kelsey. That was public enemy number one, and they, you know, they were able to do it. Yeah, and and like this is the reason why the Chiefs should absolutely strive to have at least one other elite caliber weapon besides Kelsey so that teams, because every now and then a team will do a good job of, of neutralizing Kelsey to a certain extent and it helps them keep the offense under control. So it's why they should absolutely try to get another he had weapon. 23 yards receiving in that game. Yeah. I mean, just awful. And and also at the, at, the, at it, in that same motion, like the chiefs offense was a lot more conservative than it is now. Like, Kelsey wasn't quite as explosive as he is now. He didn't, he wasn't running the option routes like he does now. So like, it was probably a lot easier to shut him down back in 2015 than it is now. But like, you'll occasionally see a DC do a good job at, at countering against Kelsey. It's a really bad idea to not have a plan for him to shut him down and force everyone else to stop. Like force the force. Mahomes to get it to someone else. But it's a program. They just keep winning. And here, the thing about it is, like the Eagles, NFC East, last 18 years, they've had 18 different winners. Chiefs have won the division seven straight years. That only ties the old Rams back in the L.A. days before they went to St. Louis and the and the Patriots who won 11 straight. That, that is hard to do to have that consistency. Because, Chris, the, the draft pool is usually about two. With comp picks, 256, 258 players selected in the draft. And you have, you have some undrafted free agents that – make a difference, but the talent pool's right there. I mean, everybody's on the same playing field, the same money, the same draft pool, and to be that consistent for that long is so tough because they're all looking for the next Mahomes. Matter of fact, when the combine gets rolling here at the end of the month, 
there's going to be so much scrutiny on the quarterbacks, and I don't think that, that guy exists in this draft class. No, I don't think oh, so. This Bryce Young I, I, or C.J. Stroud. I, 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 I do like Bryce Young. I really like Stroud. I, I really like, I like those guys, but Will Levis and these guys. No, I don't, def- I don't definitely not Anthony. And I'm a Florida guy, but they're, but they're not a big fan of Anthony Richardson. First rounder guy, but I mean, everybody wants this guy. Can one of these guys be that guy? I don't know. I I mean I think the guy who might have it is Stroud. I, I, like yeah, I saw you saw something this year in him, but big question is same thing we have with like Tua Tonga Vailoa and a lot of guys who go from who come from those schools like that with tons of talent. Are they a product of the talent that they played with? Like Tua, I think, was a product of the talent he played with at Alabama. He had three first-round receivers. Yeah. He had a better receiving. We always make a joke around, can an NFL team beat yeah, a college team? Right. That, NFL, that wide receiver room at Alabama was, was better than most NFL I mean, teams. I think the closest we've seen is probably LSU and Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and Justin Jefferson was oh, there. Oh, Justin Jefferson. So good. As good as Justin Jefferson is, he was the number two receiver on that team. I know, as I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> And like all Joe Burrow had to like, here's how great though. All Joe Burrow had to do was just heave the ball and down the Clyde field to those guys. Backfield, just yeah. Whatever. Clyde was just catching passes in the flats when they were doubling guys down the field, and he was out there eating because everybody everybody was worried about the two wide receivers that should be in the NFL. But they have the arrow on your back, the bullseye. You know the Rams didn't <laughs> handle that well this year. It's tough to get back, and we see so many teams that'll make it. And then they can't parlay it into something good. Like the Dolphins. They have something building with Tua and, and, and Tyreek Hill and stuff. But if they don't win anything, they didn't really build it. And then they're going to start from scratch again. Because I don't think they have the right quarterback going forward. And who knows with the concussion problems or anything else. If, you know, one more good hit and he might, he might be not done. be able to play. He, he might be done. So you always have to worry where you're going. Buffalo's window with Josh Allen. They're not really capitalizing on that window they have there. Cincinnati, I do think, is capitalizing a bit on Joe Burrow. He's made a Super Bowl. I don't think he's going to Marino'd. I think he'll make another one. The bills are going to be really interesting. They're like 14 million over the cap right now. For, and a lot of those guys season. are all pissed. Yeah. They, the and not only that, but they got to pay like Jordan Poyer is going to be a free agent this year. Micah Hyde's a free agent. I think next year they got to start paying some guys. Stefan, Stefan Diggs is going to be 30. And he looked mad after the game. He was, he was really pissed. I don't know what his disposition is right now, but <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's going to be 30 this year. So now, like, you're aging. You're, there's two star safeties. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are both in their early 30s. Jordan Poyer might not be back next year because he's a free agent. They have a lot of questions they got to answer. And not only that, but I, I, I'm pretty sure Josh Allen's contract kicks in. His extension kicks in next year. So now you're talking about guys making more money. All of a sudden now, the Buffalo run might be coming to an end sooner than I think a lot of people thought. For the, the Bengals. Which really sucks if you're a fan, you get the right quarterback. Right, you get yeah. But now you got the injury really hurt them. It, that, that that was the end of their season right there. Because their pass rush. I mean, because they, yeah. they, they couldn't take advantage of three starters. Yeah, that three backups on the offense. They couldn't get the Chiefs to did Joe Burrow. The once they got here. Yeah, they destroyed them. I mean, Chris Jones just ate against those guys. Uh, but, like, the Bengals still got a few years left because they don't – like, Burrow is, is going to get an extension this offseason – but that contract's not going to kick in until 2025. Um, same thing with Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase next offseason can get it. That's not going to kick in until like 2026. So like they don't have to worry about their contracts kicking in anytime soon, except for T. Higgins. T. Higgins, yeah. final year of his deal. He's going to want to get paid. He's going to want to get paid number one money. These guys are all going to want to go play with Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think, they look at the wide receiver room and go, yeah. wow, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think that. Especially if Juju leaves and stuff, they're going to be, ooh. 
Yeah, yeah I, how you doing? I don't know if the Chiefs are going to pay guys a <laughs> receiver right now. I, I think they're going to want to because like they're going to try to make sure that they're not locked up on any big contracts anytime soon because they're going to they know they're going to start paying some guys from this from this squad now. So I think they're going to be very smart about it. But like the Bengals are going to start paying some of these guys and they're going to start making some tough decisions like the Bills are going to have to this offseason. What happened to the Royals after 15? Yeah. You had to start making check, some tough decisions. Check came due. Right. You, once you start, is is it's nice when you don't have to worry about paying guys because everyone's on their arbitration on their. But you better rules. win before you have to pay them. Right. So that's and that's why and it's so the, important. Uh, I love that Albert Breer. I don't know if you read that Albert Breer article this week, Monday morning quarterback, Sports Illustrated. He wrote a great article. I didn't. No, I didn't about paying Mahomes, about how yeah. the Chiefs and Brent Tillis. And Excellent Beach, contract. And, and they they start thinking about before he was a starter. Like we're eventually going to have to, you know, pay this guy. Yeah. Because we think this guy's legit. We think this is a future MVP. We we think this guy is the real deal. That was the foresight they had, and they were right. He is a champion. He is an MVP. And he said, "All right, how can we pay this guy?" And so they, they have a contract. Mahomes is getting paid, but he also has a contract that allows other people to be paid too. Because Mahomes realized I need talent around me. And Tom Brady's done some of that stuff when he was in New England, mm-hmm. because they realize I got to have talent around me. So you know. Let's, let's, let's have a friendly contract here. Try not making everything and have to see, like, my number one receiver, like Devontae Adams, leave Green Bay. Yeah. If you know, in a situation like that, which, you know, keep an eye on Aaron Rodgers. He ended up with Vegas. Yeah. Could, or the Jets. See him in this division now? Or the Jets. I mean, I, I know that the Jets have been have been acquired about Like, that, that's a sleeping team that just yeah. doesn't have a quarterback. Oh, yeah. They they got a quarterback. Oh, all of a sudden. That's a good football team. That's a good team. Robert Saul is a good coach. I, I will say this. Um, Mahomes' contract is getting more and more valuable every year because, like, he was only the fifth highest paid quarterback this year. And this was the first year of his extension that kicked in. Fifth highest paid quarterback this year. And it's going to get – he's going to be low – he's going to lower on that, on, that, on that list as guys start getting paid. He's going to be lower on that list. I think he's barely top ten next season. So now you don't have to worry about – like. He was the first quarterback, I think, in NFL history to take up more than 12.5% of his team's salary yeah. cap, and they win the Super Bowl. He took up 17% of the salary cap this year, and they won the Super Bowl because they had this great rookie class. Now, as time goes along, things are going to change, and it's going to be easier for this team to win because Mahomes' contract gets more valuable because he's going to start to drop in terms of value. Rod, Rod Kopp, lead analyst over at ArrowheadPride.com, our friend, just posted a, he posted this a couple hours ago. I just saw it. It's a good question. Did Patrick Mahomes just have the greatest season a quarterback has ever had in NFL history? And, well, he did set the NFL record for most all-purpose yardage this year with over 5,600 yards. Right. Didn't win an MVP, didn't win a Super Bowl MVP. I think it's, it's arguable. It's very arguable. He, very arguable. I mean, how many? T- I mean, because when when Peyton Manning had his season, they they got destroyed by the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. When Tom Brady had his season, they lost to the Giants in the Super defeated, Bowl. Yep. I mean, I think there's a good case. <laughs> I think there's a good case, and not only that, but he had one of the all-time Super Bowl performances. Like that was an all-time performance. What he did in that second half out there hobbling that run. We saw how he was walking after he tweaked that ankle in the second quarter. Dude, he was on adrenaline tonight. Yeah, it was all adrenaline. He said he said he did not get shot up in the in the locker room at halftime. So all I'd adrenaline. Probably, I probably would have taken that needle. 
Yeah, I probably would have too. I, I, I probably would have too. It's available, man. I don't blame him. If he did, I don't blame. There's no judgment here. But he said he didn't, so I'm gonna believe him. Chris, fun hour there. You get plenty of Uno Cero coming right up here between three and six. We'll catch you. We partly get the, any of the uh, audio tonight, Chris. Oh, the, all the audio. The game, all the audio tonight. We're talking to the the people and everything. So. Thank you. We'll be listening to you. Thank you very much, Jed Marshall, for a great season. I had a fun season with you, and thank you very much. Thank you for listening to everybody. We're world champions in Kansas City. It's going to be a fun day at work tomorrow for you if you can go there. Anyway, good night, Kansas City.